Lorimer Podcast. Greetings, my lovelies. Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. I know I say they're all special, but <laughs> Stephanie Heiser is with us today, and she is, uh, this podcast may be aimed towards you guys who have not been in the, in the industry that long. And you're like, well, are oh, you into all, interview all these like super rock star people that have been in it for a hundred years and they've all got these massive databases. Stephanie sold 54 houses in her first year. Okay, rewind. Stephanie sold 54 houses in her first year. She also now has a team. Um, she is killing it. She's a Cali girl. She's just outside LA. She's doing the desert. She's doing 29 Palms. She's doing all over uh, Fresno. She's selling all over the place. She goes where the business takes her, which is what I absolutely encourage uh, if you are new to this industry. And I want her to share her story. I don't want to give it all away in the lead up because it's a killer, killer story. Um, I think she might be a bit nervous. So we're going to give her some podcast love. There is nothing to be nervous about because I personally want to hear your story because you have inspired me by the little chit chat we had on Instagram, which is why I wanted to have you on the podcast to inspire so many others. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Steph Heiser is our guest on the Real Estate Entrepreneur for today. Welcome to the show, Steph. Thank you so much. I'm so insanely honored to be here. I can't believe this is happening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I mean, honestly, from the beginning, I was always trying to learn and absorb what resonated with me. There's so much in the world of real estate and pay for this coaching and these leads and do this and do that. and I was like, I'm not doing any of that shit. I've got this plan in my brain. I'm going to do what I want. Of course, I didn't have like that kind of confidence, but I was trying really hard to just be me. And I was listening to real estate rock stars. Your interview floored me when you said the homogenized bullshit is not necessary. We got enough of that. And you always say vanilla out with the vanilla. Like, oh, that just really, 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 I held on to that in my soul and became obsessed with your podcast. And I listened to everything, every speaking engagement you've had. And I was like, this dude gets me. And even on like the day I took my test, I mailed you a card and Reese's peanut butter cups. And I'm sure you never got it or thought I was an absolute freak. But I was so grateful. I was like, holy shit, I'm taking my real estate exam. Like I just got into so much debt. I got my master's at Pepperdine. That was not cheap at all. And I was a vice principal and I had flipped a house. I was like, oh my God, we need agents that educate and advocate. And Joshua Tree is where I was living. So I worked the Joshua Tree market and Fresno, Visalia. Visalia is where I live. So right now I'm making a pit stop in LA. I went to the Dodgers game last night on my way to go work in Joshua Tree for the weekend. So what's, like the, what's the distance between uh, Visalia and, and 29 Palms? Five hours. Okay. 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 Guys, 
this is this is how people become successful, right? You that but by by any means necessary. Now, obviously, ethically, we do everything by the book. But if you've got a client that wants to sell a house in San Diego and another one that wants to sell another one in Sacramento, guess what? You fill up the tank and you make it happen, right? Yeah, for sure. And if it's too insane, because I'm all for having healthy boundaries lately, 54 houses in one year is absolutely not easy. And it's catching up with me a little bit, but how long um, have you been in the business? How long have you been in the business now? I got my license February of 2020. So, so you've been in the 15 months and, and how many houses have you sold total? Oh my God. I don't even have time to count. I think I'm over 70 something right now. That's insanity in 15 months. Okay. So I do want to touch a little upon um, let, let's let, we're going to get to the houses right now, but I do want to touch upon that kind of burning bush moment where you were driving home in your car and you were like, to quote your words, you felt like you were in a toxic job and you decided to just kind of roll the dice and go for it. I want to touch on that a little bit later because I know people are like, how the heck can she sell 75 homes in 15 months? Most people don't even know 75 people. So how did you do it, Stephanie? How, what was the secret sauce? Okay, well, um, don't hate me, but honestly, Zillow was amazing for me at first. I, I mean, I did know people in my town, not a lot, and I'm pretty introverted. So like I'm an extroverted introvert. I'm not going to cold call or door knock. I totally tell everyone that I'm doing real estate and I love it so much. And I would love to help anyone, you know, like I genuinely just want to help you. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. Sometimes you're selling a home of a loved one that passed away. So you need someone to be compassionate about that process. Right. So um, Zillow was definitely a huge part of my success. I stopped paying for Zillow leads and I moved five hours away from my hometown. Um, there, I want to talk I had... about this for a second. I okay. want to drill down for a quick second, if you don't mind. Just because, you know, you're giving people a roadmap or, or a roadmap that worked in 2020 for people coming into the industry, right? So I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm not anti-Zillow. But I'm an advocate of get rid of Zillow as fast as you can and, and kind of create your own database. But with that being said, do you have an idea of how much you spent on Zillow? I spent about 10 grand last year. 10 grand to get 75 deals. I mean, that is a pretty freaking good ratio. Yeah, I mean, my ROI not- was huge. You were in market. I mean, LA is very, very saturated and and I've never done Zillow myself, but ladies and gentlemen, I mean, take a leaf out of Stephanie's book. You know, if you're coming out of another career, bank some cash, maybe think, okay, I'm going to allot 25,000 or 10,000 or 5,000 or 7,500 towards Zillow leads to get a foothold. So yeah, Zillow is also, it's a double-edged sword. I'm all for never using Zillow again. But I cannot deny that the agent that told me to do Zillow in my market in the desert in 29 Palms, Joshua Tree, there's so many people coming from out of the area. They don't know local agents. They don't know where to begin. They go to Zillow. We can't deny everybody goes to Zillow. But in my market in Visalia, 
we just have a really incredible community and I love Visalia. I moved there because I'm self-employed and can live where I want. I am in love with Visalia and there it's more about community or at least that's how I changed my business. I pivoted to building our community. We all just went through like this crazy traumatic unprecedented 2020 and you know, the first half of 2021 wasn't normal either right. by any means. So um, it just depends on your market. You have to read and anticipate the needs of your market. Are people coming from out of town or are there a lot of local people buying their first homes or downsizing? So you do this little thing uh, in Visalia, which funny enough, I, I, I've lived in California a long, long time and I've never even heard of Visalia. Before, you have to come visit. It. <laughs> it sounds adorable. And and it, you make these little clay, little trinkets, right? That you kind of hang around the town. Yeah. So um, I make clay hearts. I don't know why or how this idea popped in my brain. But I mean, lots of towns have the painting a rock and you find a rock and hide it and that kind of thing. But I just like woke up with an idea to make and I love pottery I love clay so it's not like that part came out of nowhere but I just hang clay hearts around town just not a whole ton of them I don't want it to be saturated <laughs> littering <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um there's a little sticker that says keep me and if they find the heart they get to keep it it's just an ornament to keep and it says Visalia love and if you don't want to keep it or you think it's stupid, like give it to someone you love and make their day. And then each month there will be like a featured heart that will come with a gift certificate for a local small business. So like I it's want to support local. Genius. It is oh, genius. <laughs> because I'm all about people hear me ranting about look, do what you love. And it's, sometimes it's not easy to figure out what you love or be authentic, which is a word that's terribly overused these days. But you just mentioned you have a love of pottery, right? So to have a little pottery heart and you you love your new town. So to create the two worlds together. And what I love about it is I don't know if I haven't seen one, but it doesn't sound like you've got obnoxious branding all over it. Yeah, oh, the word no. of mouth, the word of mouth has traveled that it's you. Yeah, I really wanted to do it anonymously, but it was kind of impossible because I mean, I'm the one pushing it. And um, so on my real estate website on heiserhometeam.com, you know, it has about us, work with us, tips for buyers and sellers, all about us. And it has Visalia Love because I do know. A lot of people are coming from LA and the Bay Area to Visalia because it's more affordable. We have more land. And so I do want to capture the people that are moving from out of town. And then within the town, there's just such a phenomenal community. And I wanted to help rebuild that and help support local businesses again. And that's how Visalia Love just came about. I think and it's, it's amazing fun it's so fun it's a hook there's i'm an old songwriter and so what I, my my head is always about hooks and when you when you have a great hook like visalia love is a great hook and then you've also got a great 
kind of, it's almost like a logo for it, but it's a three-dimensional thing. Uh, and, and then that is authentic. It, in, it isn't a bunch of suits on Madison Avenue thinking up some catchy slogan. It's organic and it's real and it's you and it represents how you feel about where you lo love. It's going to catch on. And, and what I also love about you is you keep moving in a straight line, right? You're not, you're not like bouncing around doing probates and you're not like trying to game the system. You're, you're just like, I believe in the message that I'm sending. I'm going to keep doing it every day and the business will continue to come. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why Stephanie has been so successful in 15 months, because there really are no shortcuts. Maybe Zillow is a shortcut to jumpstart a career, but I don't think Zillow, I could be wrong, but I don't think Zillow is, is a way to have a career forever. But it, it is maybe a way to shoot adrenaline in the arm to, to, get the, uh, to get the career going. I'm gonna come back to career in a second. I now wanna touch upon that moment, because so many people are in jobs that they, they, they don't necessarily hate, but they're in jobs that they don't particularly enjoy. And they dream about making that jump. You were a vice principal. So you had not just colleagues counting on you, you had children counting on you. And so how did you reach that point where you were like, you know what, I'm gonna respectfully and delicately extract myself from this environment and I'm gonna launch into something for me. Talk about that moment. How long was the struggle? How long did it take you to reach that moment to jump? And then ultimately when you reached that decision, how long did it take you to implement? Well, basically my entire career <laughs> was the moment uh, when I got into teaching, um, I first started teaching special education. That's a huge passion of mine. And my mom is a special ed advocate. So, um, you know, that's deep in my heart. And I just quickly learned that if you follow the laws and know ed code and have a passion for doing it the right way, it's really hard to fit that into the system and the box. And my mom would always tell me like, oh, you don't have the personality to be a teacher. And that was her um, nice loving way. <laughs> She should have just said like, hey, um, you're not a sheep. You're not going to like this career when you are outspoken and you're passionate and you want to do it for all the right reasons. They will try to squash you. But because she said it that way, I just like wanted to prove her wrong. And I was a really, really good teacher and I'm still a good teacher, which is why I love having a team. But basically my whole career, like you know, we'd get laid off there. It was so hard to find teaching jobs. So I would apply to a million jobs online and go to wherever I got the interview. Most of the time, like I had the interview, I'd be hired and I'd be moving eight hours from home the next weekend. And then I'd quickly see why like no one within a 300 mile radius wanted this job. And then I'd, you know, revamp the classroom, connect with the kids. Oh my gosh, the kids were the best, best part, but the adults were definitely not. And I always would tell my kids like, dude, just be you. Like my seniors were my favorite when they're like about to launch into adult life. And so I would teach my kids about being authentic and about like the power of real estate investing. I remember showing my kids, like my salary, 
and what it costs to rent, what it will cost when I buy my house. And then fast forward to being a vice principal, my principal, um, my second year of being a vice principal was honestly like a psycho abusive narcissist. And so I quit in the middle of the school year. So it wasn't like I gracefully was like, oh, bye, I'm out. Like I legit had to escape that crazy, crazy person. And he got fired soon after I was gone and couldn't be his scapegoat anymore. So, I mean, it was graceful that I like bowed out to just let that school get the love and support they needed. And so anyways, in that time, I made my husband sell his house. He was not my husband at that time, but I was like, babe, can you sell your house and move in with me and pay like my bills so I can leave the psycho freak? And of course um, he did that. We ended up with all this cash and we flipped our first cabin in Joshua Tree. And um, it just like opened my eyes to how fun and addicting flipping can be. And, um, our agent double ended the deal and it, he was super freaking shady and I've done a few deals with him since, and he's kind (laughs) of slimy. (laughs) How many flips have you done then now? Oh, only, only two and a half. I see. So your main gig is, 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 is grinding it out, finding real estate deals, representing buyers and sellers and. Uh, and uh, and the like. So I want to I want to now touch upon. I mean, because I remember when you know people looked at me and thought I was bonkers, kind of starting a brokerage after five years in the business. But you you now, when did you start your team? I so started you- my team like two months ago. My team is uh, right now. It is only me and one other guy, Michael. He's amazing. He was my mentee in my former brokerage. You only had to sell eight houses before you became a mentor. So (laughs) I was a mentor um, just a few months into real estate. But honestly, like teaching someone how to write a contract wasn't, you know, too challenging. So um, when I, so basically I had this team idea in my brain because I really love sports and I love teaching. I love educating. I love empowering other people. Like I just want to help everybody see what you, I, I just want everyone to be what they want to be. You like to give away all the secrets. That's something I like to do. So you like to just, you like what you like everyone to succeed a rising boat, a rising tide lifts all boats right yes I, I, I'm exactly the same as you right I think I feel I like I, I can't think of anything more hideous than just kind of keeping the secrets to myself and just like you know cashing in on them while other people fail I just wouldn't be able to live with myself right um, and like that. they say you could give everyone the playbook and 90% of those people 99% of the people aren't going to hustle and put in the work that it takes but just from wanting to empower my kids and I just, I, I feel like I never struggled to fit in or I never gave a shit about any of that, but I still have major imposter syndrome. I still have like massive anxiety and panic attacks, like pretty freaking often, but you push through it. You just keep going and going and believing and you just make it happen. 
I have had imposter syndrome my entire life. Every part of my life, I have always felt like I'm going to get the tap on the shoulder where somebody goes, this is when I was doing records, after loads of hits, somebody's going to go, you know, we know, we know you're not really a record producer. You just got lucky. And, and I had the same with real estate. And, and then I had the same with the brokerage. That some The other brokers are going to come and tap me on the shoulder and go, you, we know you're not really the real deal. You're just kind of faking it. And, and you're right. you got to fight through it because I see it. I've seen an awful lot of people in and out of real estate, just entrepreneurs in general. There is um, this, there's, there's a syndrome, which is self-sabotage syndrome where you reach a kind of like, you know, a pinnacle, right? You, you have some success. And then some people, especially creatives and musicians go through this. They go, well, I might as well tear this down myself because it's going to fail anyway. <laughs> yes, definitely there. And when you were talking to Eric of the broke agent about that, and then um, a few episodes back, you were talking about like not letting insecurities stop you. Like, yes, yes, yes. Like this, this is what resonates with me the most because I just, I mean, having a team is, is great. I um, am working with um, uh, top producers in California that have teams learning all the time about the best systems. Like, I think I'm pretty strategic and I, my team is working fabulously right now. And I knew like, if I ever had a team, Michael would absolutely be the dude I had to have. Like he's incredible, phenomenal, works super hard, family man, just such a great dude. And so in my brain, I was going to start a team in 2022, maybe like January, just start clean fresh with the new year. But my husband was trying to surprise me and get me like a banner advertisement at the local minor league stadium. Cause I love baseball. Like we revolve, we planned our wedding around baseball. Like when the A's and giants would have home games. So that way we could knock two more stadiums off our list. So like, I love, 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 love baseball. And my husband's so sweet, but also I was thinking like, I don't want a banner. Like no one, at a game in line for a hot dog and beer is going to be like, oh, Stephanie sells real estate. Let me call her right now about listing my house. So the gentleman at the stadium was super, super nice. Like when I went there to look at the banners and just get information, he gave me a whole tour of the stadium. He loved like my enthusiasm for baseball. And then he was telling me about some like, financial group that was doing a buyout and I asked him how much that cost and I was like wait I could give the whole town anyone who wants to come a free ticket for 500 more bucks than hanging up a banner and he's like yeah yeah it can just be your night you can have whatever vendors you want do what you want and I was like oh hell yeah sign me up for that so, so you rented out the whole stadium. I rented out the whole stadium. And then I really freaked out because I didn't want it to be like courtesy. So I got to ask you, how much did it cost? 2,500 bucks. Oh, wow. And this is a minor league. And so how many people did the stadium hold? 2,600. And how many people turned up? 
It was 1500 somewhere. Wow. So that works out to be about 75 cents a, per- a person. Is that right? No. Yeah. $1. And $1.25 a person. It was, I mean, it cost me more to have, like, I had a huge Visalia love booth. That was the big hit. Honestly, at the game, I didn't capture one single person's email. <laughs> I barely anyone took like the flyers or anything like that. I just, you know, I had Michael manning that booth. I was running all over the place like crazy. But for Visalia Love, it was kind of our big launch. So I hid hard. Was it a Visalia baseball? Uh, was it a Visalia? Uh, uh, yeah. So, and what's the population of Visalia? 130, I'd say it's probably even 150,000 now. 150,000. So you've got 10% of the, hang on, is that my math? No, you got 1%. 1%. Of the 1% yeah. of the community. But, 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 you know, the, the untouchable REO, uh, ROI on that is phenomenal because no doubt you arrived in Vesalia as a, uh, uh, your name arrived in Vesalia with a splash after that <laughs> night, right? Yeah, for sure. And that was like, you know, why I started a team. I couldn't freaking be Stephanie Heiser sponsoring the game. Like that sounded super crazy. So I convinced Michael to hurry up and join my team. I developed my team and we're Heiser home team. Like I got the logo, the website, the marketing, commercials, everything. Like we hammered all that out in about a month and a half. And then the super amazing thing is that I have um, developed this network of the most amazing, incredible entrepreneur friends. And so one of the booths was this amazing lady who was donating a beautiful gift basket to Visalia Love. So everyone who found a heart got an incredible prize donated by a local business. And so Sarah had this idea in her brain to start a soap company. Like she's all about natural and holistic and healthy. And um, she works full time. She has four kids. And because of like one coffee conversation and asking her to make a gift basket for Visalia Love, she like just ran with the idea started her business, got a logo, got a website, got all of her inventory together and had a booth at my game and freaking knocked it out of the park. Like she did such a killer job that night. And then my marketing guy, Trevor Lewis is my good friend now too. And he had a booth and he was giving away t-shirts and launched his new brand. Um, Amazing. It was just the most incredible night of my life. And honestly, if I didn't get one single real estate deal out of it, I don't care because it was like the best night of my life. It well, was hopefully so you fun. hopefully you videoed it to death and photographed it to death because that's marketing <laughs> one-on-one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it was, I'm sure lots of great things will come out of it. Of course. But small, tiny little charities got a voice. New entrepreneurs had a space to just start. Like we all were motivated to like get our shit together <laughs> for that night. So it was well, just phenomenal. I love it. I love it. There's a phrase that I live and die by, uh, live and die by, which is um, the the special air service, which is like the the British 
a SEAL team, right? Uh, the, and they're the SAS they go by. And there is a phrase which is, he who dares wins, right? Or she who dares wins. And I think what you did is, right? You were like, you know, that's a lot. You're like, I'm going to rent a baseball stadium for one night. I know for a fact, out of a thousand realtors, maybe five would do that. Maybe, maybe five. But you did it and you were like, you weren't so focused on what's my return. You, were, you had a leap of faith. You were like, I believe in baseball. I believe in my town. Let me fuse the two worlds together. And you managed to launch your Visalia Love kind of vibe and, and pottery at the event. So it's a, it's, a, it's a win, win, win. And I think it's a demonstration on, it, it's a demonstration in self-belief and it's a demonstration in investing in your business, right? Which the real estate industry, when I first joined, it was an industry where everybody didn't want to spend anything. They were like, they want to get as much commission for as little money spent. Uh, and I was like, I don't get it. Because in the music business, I had to invest in promotion and musicians and, you know, what, studio time. So in the real estate industry, please take a, a leaf out of Stephanie's book and mine, which is my rule of thumb is invest 10% of what you make back into your business, at least, maybe even as much as 20%. So ladies and gentlemen, I want to kind of, I want to move on now. So to, to what is next for Stephanie Heiser? What's next? I mean, you've been in the business 15 months. In 30 months, am I going to be working for you? What's up? What's what's next? <laughs> well, um, I don't know what's next, man. I really want to grow my team, but I, it takes a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of energy. And I'm still like, a, I'm still just a little baby in the business. And I love to just devour the business. I love to help people buy and sell their homes. I love writing a good offer. I love that being strategic really pays off in this business. So I would love to grow my team. Um, I've had a few bumps with um, hiring people that seemed super excited and into it, but you know, it just, I don't want to be like some brokers, you know, they have the downline and everyone you recruit, you make money off of, and you can recruit everyone in the world. And they're on your team because you zoom once a week. I don't want that. Like I want to create my own little family. And then people tell me like, oh, you have to separate professional and personal, but I, I just can't like, I never, I never have. I never, I, have. I don't know how I have. I have done it on Instagram and I've even done it on Instagram recently. And I spoke with the team and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be a professional guy. And, and then a family guy, I want to be both. And so right. I, 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 I'm my, in fact, that was my aha moment in the real estate industry. Cause I left the music business where I used to dress like this every day. And, and then I was, I, they told me to wear suits and shoes and ties and, and door knock and I'm and I did it and I'm like oh this is awful and they said you need to keep your professional life separate from your personal and I'm like well that doesn't make sense and, and I was the guy that just blurred the lines from the get-go and it was the <laughs> best thing I ever did because people want to see the true authentic Stephanie they want to see the true authentic Peter I looked at your Instagram boy you can tell you love baseball I mean there's a lot of baseball on your Instagram there's also a lot of great real estate and, and also a lesson for you guys out there, right? Stephanie's been in the business 15 months, 75 homes down, got a team, but also 
Here's the crucial part. This is the entrepreneurialism. She has a great logo. She has a great catchphrase. Heiser home team. She has, she knows the power of marketing. She's got the Visalia love. I know agents that have been in the business for 20 years. who still don't have a logo. So take a leaf out of her book that the, what, what makes a good agent, a great agent is the ability to separate yourself from the pack. And you have totally separated yourself from the pack. Okay. Let's talk about what, what we're, we're running out of time here. I could talk with you all day, but um, let's talk about some of what is some of what inspires you. What are, what are things that have, uh, that you l look at and listen to? I'm not trying to, <laughs> get you to plug my podcast again. But what are, what are some of the things that inspire you? It doesn't have to be real estate. What, what and things outside of baseball and real estate that inspire you as well? Well, I wish I had some profound answer for that, but I really just find inspiration in so many small moments throughout the day and the weeks, just from, um, you know, all the people I was telling you about that came together at my game and launched their businesses that really like reinvigorated me and got me so excited. And then from there, I gave a bunch of tickets to the Miracle League. And, you know, that's the special education and the baseball all combined. And the lady that runs that is just absolutely incredible. And now she's working with me to help me network in the community to serve and to do Visalia love, not even realtor stuff. So just little, like when I meet people who are themselves or have been at that, like, fuck it moment, and then left everything behind and just decided to be 100 million percent authentic and true to themselves. That just like gives me the strength to keep moving forward. And, um, I really, really love the book called The Art of Possibility by Ben Zander. We had to read that in my master's program. And it's a super easy read. Like I highly, highly recommend everybody just go read The Art of Possibility. And there's a chapter that it's called Beyond the Fuck It Moment. And sorry for the F word, but. It's okay. I've, ne <laughs> I've never heard that. Never heard that before. So I want to I wanna finish with this, Stephanie. So if someone is. Um, having that moment you had when you listened to my real estate rock stars interview and they're like, I need to bail. What is the best advice you can give to someone who wants to transition into a new career in real estate? And then what's the best advice you can tell them to do for their first year? Well, I think to be successful immediately would be an unreal expectation. You have to just bet on yourself and you have to know it takes money to make money. And we're small business owners. Some people get into real estate and work nine to five for their broker and don't understand, like we have the power to do whatever the hell we want, whenever we want. So just like you say, like be yourself and attract the people you want to work with. Who is your ideal client? Imagine that and work towards it, but you have to be genuine. You cannot be posting on Instagram, just some crap that you paid for on another site. And it just posts every Monday at 5 PM. You have to just a thousand percent be genuine and want to help and want to care and have a passion for real estate and have 
thick skin and a whole lot of patience. And in your first year, you know, paying for Legion is a way to get practice. You get a whole bunch of phone calls of a whole bunch of wackos that think they want to buy a house or they already have an agent. And, you know, like my conversion on Zillow was 10%, which is actually really high, surprisingly, but I had 500 phone calls and I only had 54 deals, but all of that was free training. When I'm on the phone, that's and a great searching. way to look at it, man. I mean, yeah. shit, I know people that spend $2,500 a month with it with a coach, but I guess if you spent $2,500 on, well, not that you would as a new agent, but if you spent $1,000 a month on Zillow mm -hmm. as a new agent, you are going to get a great baptism by fire. That's for sure. <laughs> and you'll probably close some deals. You'll probably close, you know, maybe not 54, but in LA, if you closed six, you'd be, you'd be doing great. Yeah. I mean, if you close just one deal, I mean, I paid 10 grand for Zillow last year, this year in my new market, I'd probably have to spend about 20 to make it profitable. Um, but I want to just go full force into the community instead, but you close one or two deals and that pays for it. If everything you're doing at first is covering all of your expenses, you know, and having good marketing, good photos, a good website, like nobody needs another website with an IDX feed. Like, tell me why I should work with you. Tell me what you're going to do for me. Are you cool? Are you stuffy? Are you weird? Like, just make it your business. It's your business. You're 1099. Nobody's paying your insurance or your unemployment. So you better make it work. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, you are a force of nature, my dear. What a thrill to have you on right after a baseball game. I mean, you are legit baseball. Um, so Stephanie, you got to make me a promise. Will you come back in about another 15 months? Cause I want to kind of catch up with you, do the podcast part two, and just hear that you've, you know, bought a small state near Montana uh, <laughs> with all of your success. So I want to just congratulate you. It's thrill, thrilling to have you on the show. It's inspiring to the people out there that might be wanting to jump into this industry. And thank you so much for being on the show. Stephanie Heiser. Heiser thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. It was so much fun. My pleasure. Thank you, darling. Thank you. Bye. That's about it for the podcast this week. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be back again next week with another topic and another great podcast. So don't forget to hit that button and subscribe. Until next time, take care and I will see you later.